I'm Jacqueline, the hairapist, and I am a hairstylist who is not just a passionate about uh, our aesthetics, but also about the inside job. I'm in graduate school for clinical psychology, and I believe so deeply that each and every one of us needs healing in some capacity. And we can't compartmentalize any of this. It all works together, the physical, emotional, and mental all are integrated. You can't compartmentalize it. There was a study done in uh, 2013 through Emory University where they trained rats to fear the scent of cherries. When those rats bred offspring, their offspring were immediately fearful of the scent of cherries. That's how quickly stuff is stored in our DNA. So if you think about that on a larger scale of not just what you've experienced and how it's affected you in this lifetime, but what's happened for our parents and their parents and their parents' parents and how all of that is stored in essence in the DNA and how that's affecting your experience and perspective in the world. And I deeply believe that if, if we can all find different, there are so many different modalities uh, to explore that with, but the more that we can connect with all of these parts of ourselves, we can experience uh, that deep peace, uh, our authentic selves, our higher selves, our, our true joy, which isn't just the immediate satisfaction of joy, but joy on a deep, soul-gratifying, soul-filling level. Today, I'm here with someone who has truly changed my life, and I continue to see this woman because uh, her work is so amazing. And she combines a bunch of different modalities, and I'll let her explain. Hi, Jackie. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you today. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you would describe your work? Okay. Uh, well, my license is as a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a licensed physical therapist for uh, almost 19 years. And the way that I describe what I do is uh, I say that I'm a physical therapist but I practice more integrative manual therapy. And I use a couple different modalities. One is called craniosacral therapy mm -hmm. and one is called visceral manipulation. Which manipulation in yeah. French just means mobil uh, mobilization or movement. Uh -huh. So it's moving the organs. And I can talk more about that. What what we're taught in the visceral work is to listen to the body. So the body hugs the lesion. It forms an access around the greatest area of tension. Mm -hmm. So I start out by putting my hand on the top of your head to feel where in your body, like there's a line of tension that your body draws me into. And so if I remember correctly, it did draw me into your right ovary. And so, or at least your right lower quadrant. And so then after putting you, then after standing up and doing that, you lie down and I, what's called local listen, and I put my hand in an area where I can start to isolate what organ or nerve or what more specifically your body is where your body's holding tension in that moment how are you feeling that so i'm feeling it by if you put your hand on your shirt uh -huh. and you feel like maybe there's like you you go over where there's a button 
uh-huh. or where there's a little crease in the shirt. If you yeah. rub your finger across it, do you feel like a change in the in yeah. the texture or the the sensation in your finger? But how do you? I can feel it there, but I'm thinking with an ovary, it feels so deep. Like I don't feel anything if I touch my lower I abdomen. No. So we're in the in the classes. We're taught where anatomically the ovaries sit, uh-huh. and so. But if you palpate, which just means touch palpate that area, you can actually feel different um, density or different um, feeling over your hand. And it's a subtle, it's a very subtle, uh, light sensitive touch. But over time, you learn what's normal and you learn what these organs feel like or what feels abnormal to your your fingers. So Mm -hmm. it just takes practice. And with the work you do, it's it's not just solely based on like reproductive systems. No, so, no, right? I, I treat everything from low back pain to digestive issues, uh, so or headaches or shoulder injuries. I don't do traditional, quote unquote, traditional physical therapy as often mm-hmm. um, because I'm really looking at the whole person. So, but someone comes to me for low back pain, they may have an associated restriction around their intestine, large intestine, or, um, or somebody who has shoulder problems could have an associated restriction around their lung that's mm-hmm. causing the shoulder problem. Um, nine out of 10 musculoskeletal issues have a, a, an organ associated with it, like a visceral component. I love that. Okay. So, how I would describe it as, well, my own personal history around even meeting you is I was actually having a burst cyst on my ovary at the time and uh, having some, what you would call pelvic floor issues, which I didn't even know it was called that. I just knew I was having issues with something felt off in my Mm -hmm. ovaries aside Mm -hmm. from the cyst. And I spoke to a friend in New York, which I know you work bi-coastal, both here in LA and New York. And, um, she referred me, she, she goes to someone who is a counterpart of, uh, what you do. And she referred me on to you. And I remember when I came here, I was like, I don't even know what this is. Is this really going to do anything? And, and then I remember telling my friend, um, you know, I'll probably have to do it regularly all the time. I don't even want to, why even bother going once? I was very negative, uh, uh, not, I was not for it. And I came here and after one hour, I was just like, oh my God, I want to come back tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like the combination of massage, the effects of a massage and therapy and energetic healing. And I just, I left feeling like a changed woman. And I, I think after a few sessions, I went to Erewhon, which is this grocery store here. And I ran into a friend of mine he hadn't seen in a while. And he was like, what just happened to you? You look totally different. Like he had seen really? it in my being. Yeah. I, I remember I haven't had a, a website for 18 years or 17 and a half, 18 years. And last year, a friend of mine, a client slash friend, uh, said, we're making you a website. And I hired her to create a website for myself, uh, or for me. And 
in the process, I was discussing what I do with a colleague of mine. And I said, what is it that I even do? You know, what, what do you, how do you experience what I do? And she said, actually, Jackie, what you do is you help people get back to their newborn sense of self. And that was so profound that I actually wrote it as a quote on the front of my website because, I mean, and that's what I that's what I strive for is to help people get back to true, their true essence mm -hmm. and really be able to connect to who they are. So we strip these layers of restrictions of traumas, of physical trauma, of emotional trauma, of environmental traumas or stresses. We, we help to clear those so that people can connect more to who they are. Okay. I'm just thinking of your new title physical therapist slash witch. <laughs> I love it. Okay. You know, forget the word energy, witch. it's the same. Witch. Thing. I'll be a witch. I think um, there's, there were maybe witches are making a comeback. I think they are making I a comeback. I love yeah. the title witch. Yeah. I'm actually reading a book on witchcraft right now and how it got really diluted in even what the definition of witchcraft is and the associations with it now. And the origin, the origins of it have absolutely nothing to do with the associations we have around it now. And so much of it is actually just being in touch with your intuition yeah. and, and, and it's all very like, practical grounded. And just, I think for women that's that we've been taught so much to suppress the intuition and, and kind of, you know, we've been not, not to knock the men out there because they, they have their own set of issues that they were taught, but we've been living in this patriarchy so it's everything set up to please go out achieve compete which for men can work really well right like it, it right. you know that's a draw to their rawness of like man and for women it's terrible for yeah. us so that that rewind to me of you know going back to in, intuition and back to what feels right it's more you know coming at things from that angle which i do think men have too it just looks a little bit different yeah you know you you touched on something about that it it's grounded in you know that the witchcraft is actually grounded in something and i i think sometimes people with the visceral work or the craniosacral work but particularly the visceral work people think oh that just sounds airy fairy or like kind of out there like how could you possibly touch an ovary or how could you possibly touch the uterus without going exactly. internally um and it's actually their fascial, I mean, it's very precise fascial um, connections that you're making. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it sounds kind of, it can sound airy-fairy, but it's actually very practical, very um, uh, anatomically accurate and, uh, and has had, I've had amazing results with yeah. it. So, um, Like what kind of results? Okay. Well, oh my gosh, where to begin? I mean, I was, I'm thinking actually just a couple weeks ago, I had a friend come in and book a session and she had, I want to say maybe a grape size cyst in her breast, uh -huh. her left breast. And she came in and I worked on her and we spent 
I, I again, I always listen to her, the body, listen to where her body needs me in that moment. And I was drawn to her left upper quadrant where her left breast was. And I worked on her breast almost the entire session. And by the end, literally the cyst was, neither one of us could feel it. Oh my gosh. And, and then was told, she called me the next day and, and, and then checked in a couple weeks later and she had no sign of the cyst, still no sign of the cyst and no, uh, hot flashes. Like it really, it resolved her hot flashes. Yeah. Because you also deal, that's amazing by the way. She's in um, her fifties and is a, been experiencing hot flashes and so got rid of it, got rid of it. Like That's no, amazing. no sign of it. I mean, and we've, we've done three sessions now, but the cyst was, and the, the, the hot flashes resolved in one visit, which was remarkable to me. I mean, I don't know how people are going to respond because I've seen people on and off for years. Uh, and then sometimes people have almost like miraculous healings. Um, and so it really does depend on the person and, uh, and some people probably take a really long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, because they've had more of a history of, I mean, it could be a history of trauma or it could not be, um, depending on their, um, physical and emotional symptoms. Well, and then there's the whole thing of how open you really are. And, and I don't even mean that just on a conscious level, but on an unconscious level. Yeah. Of how, like, I mean, I've been seeing my therapist for, let's see, I'm 40 now since I was 28. So 12 years. And I <laughs> just in the past, uh, four months, did I have a pop on something that was the original reason wow. I came into therapy. Yes. That's how long it took for my wall to come down. I mean, and I, if you had spoken to me, if you had seen my actions, you would have said, I'm so willing. I'm so there. And there was this part of me that was so shut yeah, down. Yeah, that's so true. And, and I, I have had numerous, like I can't count on my hands. People come to me and say, and this is not a knock on therapy, but they've come to me and said, we, in one session, or two sessions, I've done more than I've done in 10 years of therapy because it can get to areas in our bodies where we hold the trauma on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. And what I've found to be super effective with a lot of people is seeing a therapist simultaneously with what the work, the work I do, because what the work I do is often brings something from your subconscious or your unconscious exactly. mind yeah. to your conscious mind. And yeah. so, and then people can process with their therapist. And I've had a lot of people come back and say, my therapist loves the work that we're doing because we're making so much more progress because we're getting to areas that they didn't have access to exactly. before. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's exciting to me. And even on a very simple level to say, if nothing else, integration of body where oftentimes, I mean, my therapist is very adamant about incorporating your body, but not everybody has that kind of um, relationship or a therapist who works in that way. Right. For me, I need that. But so if you don't, especially to have that, that body connection, you know, cause it's, it's, I, for me, I always feel like we get it first in our heads intellectually. And then who knows when we're going to experience that emotionally and cellularly, like it's not, I mean, it could be years or it could absolutely. be the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's healing is it's definitely a journey and it varies with with everyone. Uh 
you know, sometimes people say, well, do I have to believe in your work for me to get results? And I don't really... I think no, because I did. I know. I, I, did, and I, I don't mean this in a harsh way, but I don't really care if you believe. Yeah. You, you know, you have to believe enough to come into the, into, in, to see me. Like, well, and, also, and that's, um, you have to be open enough to come see me, but I don't really care if you are like the work eats speaks, speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you could consciously not believe and then unconsciously believe which we can't control or vice versa like there's just there's just so many other factors yeah and and the work I do is not always emotional and spiritual I mean there's sometimes where it's straight physical and somebody might come with come in I mean I tend to think that underlying there might be something emotional but not every visit is, am I treating the emotion or Mm -hmm. the spiritual level? I have people who come in for an ankle sprain, but I may not touch their ankle right away. I may find that they have a restriction around their hip or pelvis and something deeper, more specific, that's causing a line of tension that goes down to their foot or ankle. And Mm -hmm. so they sprain it because there's a, it's, there's an adverse line of tension coming up from their hip or pelvis. Like if you think about a sheet, like we're made up of connective tissue. Mm -hmm. And if you think of a sheet in the bed and you pull on one side of the sheet, it's going to create a line of tension to the other side Mm -hmm. of the, of the bed. And, and that's how our bodies are. But you're also a doula, right? I am a doula. Yeah, good yeah. memory. Yeah, <laughs> I do have a passion for uh, for helping moms and babies, and um, I do a lot of fertility work and work during pregnancy and then mm-hmm. postpartum, and then I do a lot of work with newborns to help with uh, reflux or latching issues. Um, Wait, do you do the work on the newborn? Yeah, itself? I just treated a baby oh, last week that was four days. Wow. Yeah. The the sooner the better. I think yeah. every baby <laughs> could benefit from craniosacral because it birth is traumatic. Yes, and, this uh, is what I always say. If you don't think you have trauma, then you are in denial because the process of being born is traumatic. It, it's the process of being born and we don't know what it's like even in utero. It can yes. be an unhealthy environment. Like we feel our parent you know, our parents we our feel parents. our moms Yes, uh, emotions. Emotions. And so sometimes even being in utero or we can, you know, depending on your beliefs, it, we can come into this world with those traumas. So, well, actually for that, I have scientific, scientific proof of that. Emery did a study and it, I believe it was in 2013 that they trained uh, rats to fear the, the smell of cherries and they bred those rats and their offspring were immediately scared of the scent of cherries. That's how wow. fast trauma is stored in your wow. DNA and transfers. That's... So this is not made up stuff. I mean, it's this was an evidential. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I'd yeah. love to. Yeah, you can look it up. It's a, it's a famous study. Would love yeah, to. yeah. I I don't. It's a little bit of a segue, but I I had a thought of of a client that you know you said what kind of results, uh-huh. and I a client popped into my mind about. Um, that I found was so interesting and fascinating, if that's okay to share. Yes. So when I was in New York, I, I saw this woman. It was at a traditional physical therapy practice, um, but some of the other therapists knew that I didn't do traditional work. And so they said, um, we, this woman came in for a 
limited left shoulder range of motion. Mm-hmm. And it was um, post surgery where they did a, um, they put a permanent defibrillator into her heart. Mm-hmm. And so the other physical therapist said, I'm going to put this woman on your, on your schedule because I got her range of motion as good as it, I think I can get. Yeah. And I think with what you do, you could probably help her the rest. And so she came in and, and, uh, I did my listening and I was led to her uterus. And so the right side of her uterus, I said, I know this is going to sound a little unique is, but I'm, when I'm listening to your body, I'm drawn to, I, I feel there's a restriction around the right side of your uterus. Can I work there? And she said, sure. So I did. And within one visit, we gained fit 10 to 15 degrees uh, in her shoulder range mm-hmm. of motion. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. yeah. And, and then she came back the next visit and said, well, my shoulder feels a lot better, but you're not going to, I don't know if this is possible, but I didn't get my period for a year. I haven't had my period in a year since the surgery. Is it po- And I just got my period. Is it possible that you helped me get my period from what you did? And we weren't even like, I didn't, we weren't even trying that. We were just trying to help her get her range motion back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she came in, she said, I my period is, you know, is that possible? I said, absolutely. So I think maybe I, I saw her one more time and her shoulder range of motion was full range and she got her period again which was exciting. And then a few years later, she tracked me down. I had moved back. I had come back to LA and I happened to be working. That was one of my, I go out four times a year to treat Uh in New York. And it was during the week I happened to be in New York. She tracked me down and said, Hey, I'm trying to get pregnant now, Jackie. And I remember you helped me get my period. My husband and I have been trying for a couple years to get pregnant um, is there some, is that something you could help me with? And I said, let's try, you know, I, I, I don't always know, but I've, I've done a lot. I have helped a lot of women get pregnant. I said, let's, let's try it. And so I worked on her and I was doing what's called a listening to her cranium. And I heard, I felt and heard the age five years old. And I said, did something traumatic happen when you were five? And she starts, I can see teardrops coming down her eyes. And she said, yeah, my, uh, my mom had a massive heart attack when I was five and I was forced to leave the area. My, my brother and sister, my older brother and sister shoved me in a, in a closet because they didn't want me. My mom was foaming at the mouth and, and my brother and sister did not want me to see. And so they shoved me in the closet. And she starts crying, crying. And then, um, so I did that to help balance, uh, the trauma in her limbic system. And then I also felt that there was still part of that trauma in her uterus. And so we worked a little bit in her uterus, a little bit in her heart, and then in her limbic system in her brain, which is where we store the, the trauma and the emotions. And so I released that. And then I actually thought she needed a few more sessions, but I was going out of town, you know, going, coming back to LA and I, I thought, oh, okay, she could see one of my colleagues there and, and, uh, she didn't end up going to see anyone. And she sent me a 
card in the mail three months later that she had gotten pregnant right after that. Oh my gosh, I have chill bumps right now. <laughs> That's an amazing I mean, it's, story. it's remarkable. Like the body just doesn't lie. The power, the power, the power of the body. The power of the directions. body. Yeah. And I think for myself, it's like getting out of the way and trusting my hands and trusting what I'm sensing enough to say it, you mm-hmm. know, because it does, it's, it might not have been in her consciousness at that time, which actually doesn't matter, but, um, but feeling co- comfortable enough to offer it to her and, and be okay if she doesn't receive it, you know, like if it's not something that resonated, mm-hmm. I've, I've off the, you know, sometimes I'll get ages of when people might, may have had a, something significant happen in their life. And I'll say, did anything significant happen at age seven? And sometimes it's a no, you know, and it might be that, that nothing happened at that time, or it might be that they don't have the, they might be suppressing it. awareness of it. Or right. Repressing it. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I have a weird question. Okay. <laughs> I like weird questions, I think. How do you think this could relate to healing of the hair? Well, I think I actually have a, a client right now with um, the thinning of the hair, some mm-hmm. alopecia. Uh, and she, I think for her, it's a combination of probably adrenal fatigue and some digestive disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it makes for, a, a, that's a good question and I haven't thought about it specifically of like how I could help that growth mm-hmm. and because I'm always treating what I'm finding in the body but you're 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 making me think that so I do a lot of like with the more advanced craniosacral work there's something called somato emotional release so mm-hmm. it's it's the body emotional work and it's, and you can do what's called dialoguing, whether it's verbal or nonverbal dialoguing and connect to the consciousness of the body. So, so cells have a consciousness Mm -hmm. and cells make up organs and organs. And, and so you can actually talk to organs or talk Mm -hmm. to different parts of the body. So, you're making me think that, that it actually, we could even create a dialogue, a verbal or nonverbal dialogue with the person's hair, you know, mm-hmm. or, or the person's, or, or a part of the body that is in charge of where that's stemming from. And so, oh, and they, we could actually create a dialogue. Like, so what I've, I've done with not necessarily hair, but other parts of the body, like a liver mm-hmm. or, um, or even a pain, you know, I've actually taught, had the person connect to that part of their body, say it's the liver and, and have them use their voice to connect to the consciousness of the liver. And I tell them they can go somewhere else. Their mind can go somewhere else. I'm going to talk to their liver and I, or the ovary. And I just introduce myself and, and because I trust that the body knows more than our conscious mind knows. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just, you're making me open to the idea that maybe I, I actually create a dialogue with the person's hair. Now, it could be that if it's their adrenals that are causing it, that we actually talk to their adrenals or a part of their digestive tract that might be more connected to, because the the 
hair might be a, a vitamin deficiency. And if it's a vitamin deficiency, what's causing the vitamin deficiency? It maybe it's an absorption yeah. in their digestive tract. And so maybe there's been trauma where they're holding that in their digestive tract. And so that's creating a block to the absorption. Well, and there's the whole <clears throat> other part of hair of the our culture's fascination with and expectations of hair. Yeah. Not having hair. Having hair too short, too long, too frizzy, too, too straight. That's so I true. Mean, it's kind of crazy making It hair. is. Yeah. It really is. Even though there are so many different types, but again, it's that thing that, that, that perception that, or misperception that only one of those types is the right type. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. And it's, it is so personal. Mm-hmm. What, what's the, like, I want to hear something, a, a hair horror story. What's the. Well, it's funny that when I think about my, I, I had a, I have a horror story, a hair horror story that starts very, very young. So I was five years old going to a brownie. <laughs> I don't even know what it was like a brownie. We were receiving award, a brownie award show or uh -huh. something. Yeah. And my mom put curlers in my hair. And I've always had a, a thick, thick head of her curls, hair of curls. I mean, if you see my baby picture, I have a oh full... Oh my gosh, you have so much hair. <laughs> I was just thinking, how, is, how at five is your mom getting curlers in there? No, no. I, I mean, so you're looking at a picture of me when I was two and a half. Oh my gosh. That's, That's me at crazy. two and a half. Okay. I wow. have a full head of hair and she brushed it out. It's literally so it's, a lion's maid. It's literally a lion's maid. So imagine a lion's maid at five, like bigger, and then put curlers in and then she brushed it out. It was like a 60s buffon, like big hair girl, like big hair, big hair. And it looked like a wig. <laughs> and I'm five, I'm tiny, and I am, I was a mess. I was so, I was so upset. And oh, then no. shortly after that, I think to top it off, I forgot about this till we're talking about it. My mom then chopped my hair like a boy. And so that was even more devastating. So I think that that just set a tone for having like a lot of hair traumas. Well, that's, the, oh, it just made me think about in regards to thinning and hair trauma, because I said a lot of cultural expectation, but we also hold so much hair trauma. Interesting. I mean, who doesn't have a hair trauma? Every single person I know does. And every single person I know likes the hair some days, doesn't like it other days. It's like, we have, we such a volatile relationship. We really do. Where do you see yourself in like 10 years doing the, the same kind of work you do? Or you, how do you see things on a, a, a larger scale for yourself? Well, I think, I feel like I'd like to affect more people and help <laughs> more people. And I feel like I'm in this, I, I love my work. I'm so passionate about my work and I, I feel really blessed that I get to wake up every day and do the work that I do. Cause I, I, genuinely look forward to I often sometimes even feel better at, while I'm working or mm -hmm. um yeah while I'm working and so but I do feel like I I could easily just go down a path of doing what I do I see about 20 some people a week mm -hmm. about 20 people a week uh 
And then when I go to New York, I see about 25, 26 people in a week. Um, and I, I love that. However, I do feel like I could affect, I could help more people in groups or, you know, even off the body. And, and I really want to help people connect to who they are. And I'm in this kind of a, a transitional place right now of figuring out, not even figuring out, just connecting to what that looks like of how to help people help themselves. And maybe it, it's through workshops, through some women's workshops and helping with like group healings to help clear traumas and clear restrictions and clear these areas that we're holding in our bodies and in our cells, clear that to help people connect to more of who they are on a great, on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's through workshops, maybe it's through retreats, maybe it's through, I don't know exactly, but I, I know that there, I, I feel like I want to help more people Mm -hmm. and have a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm in that place of, of learning and exploring what that is and trying to get more clear and, and knowing that it's not coming from my conscious mind, that it's coming from somewhere deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, just to kind of wrap up, I'm curious what advice you would give for somebody who's in trying, trying to incorporate some kind of healing in their their daily practice you know just their daily lives not 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 as much of a daily practice but you know i feel like there's this disconnect when you know meditate exercise stress relief but it's all kind of like compartmentalized a little bit and i feel like people are so tapped out with responsibility and um earning and children and i mean there's just always something that how does one incorporate a more balanced, integrated way of being that's not, you know, without taking too, too much time out? I mean, I think that's the million dollar question, truly. I feel like that's really precisely what I want to help people with. I feel like it's connected to a way to really be present. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we often check out and yeah. in our inner heads a lot. And I know that for myself, Yeah, you know, one being an Aquarius and being the thinker, <laughs> but aside from astrology, I, I, I think a lot. And so, and I've, I've done a few, I've worked with a few different people who've taught me little ways of, of connecting and being more in the present moment, whether it's like feeling the inner field of my feet and connecting to, you know, my legs or I had one person say to put your third eye on God. Now, neither one of those speak to me entirely, but I feel like part of what I'm, I'm working on is really exploring what that is to help people connect to being here Mm -hmm. in this moment. And I think, um, well, I feel like that's really the essence of it. And, and so I think through meditation and through exercise and through movement, uh, I think we all have we all have to find what speaks to us for some of those ways. 
Um, but that's, that really is precisely what I'm exploring because I know that there's a way and, and I, it can't be a quick fix, but I want to make a simple, a, a simple way to help people with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other part of it is, you, you know, not even realizing you're dissociated. Like, uh, for example, sometimes I'm thinking about food a lot and then I, I'm, I have to stop, stop myself and think, wait, wait, what's really going on? And then I realize I'm actually scared about this other thing. Totally. But then I'm focusing on the food. So you, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a mind trip because you can think you're being present, but actually you're being, uh, you're being absent. Yeah. You know, you know I, I, uh, I actually, it makes me think of this book that I've, I've done a few times. It's called the presence process. And mm-hmm. it's this book by Michael Brown and, he cured himself from a neurological disorder. Mm -hmm. And what he does is he teaches you ways to, he believes that everything happens from zero to seven. And Mm -hmm. then you repeat like the traumas that they, they happen from zero to seven and then they repeat and repeat and repeat. So if something in your current day triggers you, it's because something happened with your most likely in those first seven years. Yeah. And so he teaches you ways to go back and, and neutralize those charges. Um, and he has you read a chapter each week. It's a 10 week thing. And you, he gives you what's called a presence activating statement. Mm-hmm. And you, you say that present activating statement each week. Like, and that's all that you, whenever you're, um, you think about something else, as soon as you remember, you just bring yourself back to that presence activating mm-hmm. statement. And what I like about this book, I, I haven't done it in a little while, but I, what I like about it is like, it really trains you to bring yourself back. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the practice, um, is just bringing yourself back to the present moment. You know, one of the things that I like to do, uh, and I've done recently is, I'll find a place in my body to, to focus on. So say like it's my womb, like, mm-hmm. and, and really, or my heart finding a place inside where I, I focus to help bring me into my body. And then I set a timer. And so like every two hours I bring myself back to that place so that I get in the habit of, of doing it. And maybe it's, more often, maybe it's every hour in the beginning, you know, for the first week. And then maybe it's every two or three hours in the second or third week. So to really retrain myself, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to continuously bring yourself back to the present moment. So sometimes we need reminders all the time. Yeah. And that, that, that thing you said that he said, what's his name again? Michael Michael Brown, Michael Brown, what Michael said about the first seven years of your life, everything I've been learning in school is, you know, uh, in utero, the first month, oh, how no. integral it is, you know, I mean, and, and they really do break it down this first seven years. I know. So important. So, so important. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I know. I really believe that how we come into this world from conception and, and this is maybe also part of my work in, in helping people heal, which I believe that it, that from conception until through gestation, to, through their birth process to that bonding, that sets a template for our lives. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I I feel like that's a very important 
part of our healing. And, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of that with, uh, with my clients mm-hmm. if it comes up. Yeah. Oh, oh you're making me remember, remember a funny story about this. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. So I have you ever heard of the idea that um, like if you're like looking for a dog to get or that the dog chooses you, yes. you don't choose yes. your dog or... Well, I had heard that so many times with so many different things that um, I was in a bookstore uh-huh. and I and people always say, oh, the book chose me. I didn't choose the book. And so I thought, I'm no, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to try it out. And so I scanned the bookstore and this book, it didn't move and it wasn't moving, but it like it felt as if it was popping off the shelf. Mm-hmm. And I was I went over and I read the title of the book and it said... The Tibetan Art of Parenting. Mm-hmm. And I was in New York at the time. I was living there. I was not even... I'm not a parent. I wasn't thinking about parenthood at the time. I wasn't even in a relationship. And I thought, this is crazy. I, I have no need for this. and putting it back. <laughs> and I couldn't ignore it. And the pull was too strong. So I got the book. And I opened it, put it on my shelf, and closed the book, put it on my shelf, and didn't look at it. And then a friend had this incredible session with this psychic in New York. And, and so I booked a session with her. She's since passed away, but she told me halfway through the session, I see you working with moms and babies and you really ought to read this book, the Tibetan art of parenting. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I was just (laughs) stunned because it's not like the power of now or, yeah. you know, some of these more mainstream books. Have you ever heard of this book? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I ended up pushing it away, putting it away, putting it away. And I finally, I think a year ago, have brought it out. But it's literally on the cover. It says, from, and this has always been my passion, is like from conception through gestation, through uh, you know, birth and bonding. And on the title, uh, on the cover, it says conception, gestation, bonding, etc. And so it feels like so important for the work that I want to do. Oh, that's so perfect. Yeah. Just made me think, something made me think of that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Jackie, it was such a pleasure speaking all things esoteric, witchcraft, <laughs> and scientific. Yeah, very. Physical therapy. Yeah, yeah. way to pull it all together. The art of, of all, right? Because it's integration. It's never, never is one thing compartmentalized. If it is, it's probably unhealthy. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you.